Hey everyone, Brian here, and I have some really, really exciting news for you all. Woo. Young Me and I are so excited to announce that we have our first Feeling Asian live show next month, Thursday, August 12th, 9.30 p.m. in the Lower East Side at Caveat. Woo! Oh my God, I'm so excited, Brian. So we thought instead of having like a regular stand-up show, we would have an Asian-themed variety show where your favorite former Feeling Asian guests will go against audience members for awesome prizes. Audience members meaning you, possibly. It's going to be so chaotic. <laughs> so buy your tickets now in the link in bio on our Instagram at Feeling Asian Podcast. Do what's good for you, August 12th, 9.30 p.m. Yeah, we're so excited to see you there. How are you feeling? I'm feeling Asian. Welcome to Feeling Asian, a podcast where two Asians talk about their feelings. I'm Youngmi Mayer. And I'm Brian Park. And before we get to our guest, like always, we're going to do our Patreon shout outs. Yes. So for those of you listening, if you like the podcast, you can support us on Patreon at patreon.com slash feeling Asian. Youngmi and I offer different exclusive benefits, but any donation amount gets you a shout out on the podcast where we guess who you are based on your name alone. And without further ado, our first shout out on the podcast goes out to... And I apologize if I am butchering your name, but it is Aichi Lu. Now, Aichi is I spelled I-C-H-I-H. Yeah. Brian so proving once again that a Asians can do anything. Asians can mispronounce Asian names. Aichi <laughs> <laughs> Lu. Subverting Ichi stereotype. Ichi. Yeah. Maybe it's Ichi if it's like a Japanese name. Yeah, I'm gonna guess Japanese but Lu or Taiwanese. Is not Japanese. Right? Lu is Taiwanese, I believe. Who Do you are think they? This is a Japanese. Who? Who are they? I think <laughs> the vibe that <laughs> I get is uh, I'm getting a very young vibe from this person, like high school vibe. Like a young, forgettable high school student. <laughs> Brian, um, why'd you throw forgettable in there? That's just mean for no reason. I was like, oh, this person seems like a young person. Brian's like, and forgettable. <laughs> because we spent the first three quarters of our guests just being like, who are you? Who are they? What are they? Who are they? I think they're Japanese. <laughs> uh, Ichilu, high school student, wrestler Asian. Wow. Okay. Lives in Milwaukee. That was confident. Milwaukee. Yeah. Wow, Brian. <laughs> yeah. Midwest okay. Asian, really jacked. Wow, cornbread. I was Corn. <laughs> I'm getting corn way Corn fed. Corn fed. They said cornbread. I said cornbread. <laughs> just, just saying words now. Um, I was getting like private school Singapore in private school vibes but i don't know oh i think there's a you know pipeline what? there's like a private school in singapore to like midwest school pipeline for asians you are absolutely correct singapore american school grad pipeline right. to rich american boarding school is this rising senior and is has connections to yale and is going to go to yale next year that's ichilu yeah. 
Yeah. Yeah. I apologize for saying that you're a cornbread, whatever the hell that means. <laughs> Please hire me next year when you drop out of Yale and start a startup company. I'm, I, I feel like I, I was more right on this one, Brian. Absolutely. Who's the next person? <laughs> Our next shout out goes out to David Hong. David Hong is heavy tech bro vibes for me. Wow, Brian, you and I are so misaligned today. So I'm going to tell you, David Hong for me looks like, kind of like Brian Park, like hot oh. Asian, nice hair, like actor. Like that's the vibe I got, like act, wearing a black T-shirt, just like Brian is. Oh, wow. So David Hong is my mortal enemy then. Yes. Just somebody that reminds you of yourself you hate. That's a, that's saying a lot about you, Brian. God, David, I don't even know who you are, but I hate you. You, you feel competitive. <laughs> I would say most of the acting auditions that I have not gotten have gone to uh, people in Crazy Rich Asians. But every once in a while, it'll be a, an actor who wasn't in Crazy Rich Asians. And that's David Hong. David Hong. Yeah, he, he has Asian vibes. Asian vibes. David Hong is just better at acting than me. He's hotter. <laughs> more ripped again I was misaligned I projected tech bro because that's what I want him to be but the truth is he is just a better version of me I feel like he's gonna DM us and be like I I'm just a tech bro Brian was right <laughs> <laughs> I'm a software engineer at Etsy but thank you Brian should go with his gut <laughs> Brian is the actual psychic <laughs> but in any case David thank you for supporting the podcast and our last shout out goes out to Kayla DeLeon I see, I see a haircut. I see a hairstyle, <laughs> like curly bangs, like curled bangs and like curly back hair. It's brown. She has brown hair. God, That's we are I'm so, seeing. I'm so glad you went first because I saw purple hair, a scene kid in high school. Wow. Got goth adjacent, listened to a lot of emo pop punk music. That's and the vibe I was getting. can't let that go. Yeah. No. She probably works okay. as an audio engineer now. She tours with bands. Did you say vans? Like the shoes? I said bands, but a lot of the <laughs> bands that she tours with probably do vans warp tours. So interchangeable yeah, I'm, terms. I'm seeing her as a very young person, like a 23 year old person with like dark curly hair and like gold jewelry. That's how, that's what I'm seeing. So like a hot New York socialite yeah. woman. Why, why are you and I so off today, Brian? We're like not agreeing. Our psychic know, energies are off. I don't know. Our psychic energies are off. Should I read a tarot right card? It's right here. Should I read one? <laughs> what does it okay. say about <gasps> our psychic this vibes? This is the one that I I just pulled. I don't know what it means. It's a a, a couple at, in a church with pentagrams. Three of pentagrams. If any of our listeners know what that means, that's bright that in my tarot wow. card. Wow. So five pentagrams seems very evil. Because pentagrams, I think of three, the devil. Three of pentagrams. <laughs> yeah, that, I think that's just affirmation that our vibes are misaligned right now. <laughs> um, but in any case, yeah. Kayla, thank you for your donation. And once again, if you like the podcast, please support us on Patreon at patreon.com slash feelingasian. Youngmi, we were a little bit off on our psychic vibes today on the Patreon shoutouts, but I think we will be psychically aligned for our guest because they're so freaking awesome. This chaotic precedent has been set for our, our guest, I feel like. It's going to be a lot of uh, 
chaotic energy. Sorry, my cat is attacking my laptop. <laughs> What's going on? This is no. And our guest is like extremely, extremely popular and has a huge fan base. This is like some universe energy, I feel like, with the cat. And Youngmi, you're saying that it's universe chaotic energy, but you're honestly bringing 95% of all the chaos right now. <laughs> but anyway, I'm so sorry. It's, it's mostly actually my cat, my cat named Tonko. Listeners, you're in for a special treat. Our guest is so freaking talented and so amazing. He is a software engineer at Google, but... You may know him for his YouTube channel, Joma Tech. However, you need to check out his new YouTube channel, Joma and NYC. Everyone, please give your ears for Jonathan Ma. Hello. How's everybody doing? What's up? Hey, hey, hey. Thanks for having me. Oh, my God. You know, I, I love getting introduced because it's always an ego booster. So, yeah, we can do that again. <laughs> <laughs> wow. How was that introduction on a scale of one to ten? How'd I do? I mean, I would say it's a it's a it's a nine. You know, m- really? m- most of the time when I get introduced is that. Yeah. So this is Jonathan. He works on the uh, ads team. Um, yeah, you could take it away. <laughs> Something like that. <laughs> that. That's usually how I get introduced. <laughs> We're not even done with the introduction. I was going to add, like, probably one of the most internet popular people we've ever had on the show. Really? No, that's crazy. Oh, my God. The largest reach. Yeah. Well, I mean, to be honest, I'm pretty sure none of your viewers know me, even if it seems like I have, like, a million subscribers. But most of them are in a very, like, um, small niche. So, like, uh, but, yeah, I mean, if if some of you guys know me, that would be pretty cool. But, uh, I mean... If it's David Wong from uh, tech, then yeah, he might know me. But if it's David Wong as an yeah. actor, then maybe not. <laughs> no, don't don't oh, yeah. under, if the, don't if undersell tech, yourself. He'll be like, yeah, yeah, or David <laughs> and, David Wong Patreon yeah. guys like Joma. Yeah. <laughs> He's like, oh, yeah. what? <laughs> oh, thank God! How many episodes have been ninety? And finally, a guest that I want to <laughs> listen to for once. <laughs> Finally, somebody that I've heard of. He's probably the guy uh, that hates the show, but still donates. <laughs> oh, absolutely. Yes, for sure. Because he's, he's too busy making that tech money. And he, he's feeling a little bit uh, altruistic. Um, but in any case, Jonathan, thanks for joining us on the Feeling Asian podcast. And before we ask you about how you're feeling. Brian, young me, how are you feeling? Brian. Young me, how are you feeling? No, Brian, Brian, how are you feeling? I want to talk about two things unrelated. Uh-oh. First thing, no. <laughs> so first <laughs> thing I'm feeling is uh, I'm a huge tennis nerd. I'm feeling super amped because we are recording this right after Novak Djokovic just won Wimbledon, which is his 20th Grand Slam. I'm not going to get into too much detail but as a tennis nerd, huge tennis fan, I'm really excited because uh, if you know anything about tennis, we are witnessing history. I don't know. It's just a crazy feeling to be able to wow. relish and be present during this huge athletic achievement and mm. probably know until I die, like there's probably going to be nothing like it to happen again. Like this is the greatest era of tennis right now. And we are witnessing someone who is establishing himself to be the best who has ever played tennis. And I think that's a cool thing. 
regardless of what sport or whatever it is you're into to be able to witness history like that and be passionate about it and be cognizant and aware that uh, it's a huge privilege to be able to watch this unfold. It's super cool. That's how I'm feeling because I'm, I'm amped. I'm super amped. However, the second thing that I'm feeling, it is, uh, listeners, it's a little bit related to what uh, I want to talk about in the, just in general for this podcast episode, but and I kind of want to, I might feel this as a question to you, young me too, where I feel a little bit stagnant in terms of my career. Like, mm. do you ever get bored, young me? I feel like I do this a lot and I'm trying to reframe it as a positive thing. I, I think I get easily bored when it comes to career shit. And so I'm mm. always looking for like a new challenge. And, you know, I said I was on the cusp of like becoming a doctor and then I switched to do comedy. And then even with this podcast, it's, I enjoy it. I, I love doing it with you, but it's gotten to mm -hmm. a point where we're good at it. We're comfortable in what we're doing. It's not this feeling of flying by the seat of our pants, you know, like we know mm -hmm. what we're doing now. And so now that there's this like comfort, I feel a little bit, I guess, yeah, a little bit like stagnant as in like, I need this new stimulation. I have a little bit more free time. So what's like a new thing that I can do? Does mm -hmm. that make sense a little bit? Rather than picking up a new skill that's adjacent to the thing I'm currently doing to like bolster the thing I'm doing currently. So for instance, mm -hmm. like with this podcast, it might make sense to be like, I have all this extra free time. I should learn how to be a better videographer because that's a skill that's going to really help this. I, I should do that. Like pick up a new skill. But my brain always goes into extremes where now... And I brought this up in the pandemic. Now I'm like, maybe I do want to be a doctor again. And so I'm fielding this question to our listeners. If you know anyone who has gone to medical school late in their 30s, shoot me a DM. Yeah, that's a little bit how I'm feeling. Is that chaotic? I feel like you're mm. out of words right now. You're speechless. I was going to say, I feel like this is a, a reoccurring theme with you. So I, I don't think it's chaotic. I don't think it's out of nowhere and I I'm like wondering what I can say to help you because I feel like you have said it so many times now I don't know if it's a if it's me just getting bored easily or if I just mm. give up too quickly on things but it always seems as if let's say it's a video game and I get 90% there 90% yeah. completion it's like mm -hmm. my brain decides to switch with the remaining 10%. Do you know what I mean? Like initially yeah. I took my, I took my MCATs. I was working for a vascular surgeon. Then I switched to comedy. Like if I just pushed mm -hmm. through that extra 10%, I would be in medical school. But then with stand up, like I got, I did that national NBC showcase. I was one of 10 comics selected. That's a huge deal. And then remaining 10% mm -hmm. left, ah, I'm going to do a podcast. That's like more exciting. So it's like a new venture. So I start these new things, obtain mm -hmm. a certain level of mastery Success. in it. Yeah, yeah. And then I like, I don't know. You I don't know what it is. can't the last, the last 10%. step. 10%. I have, I have is thoughts on this. Is anyone else like that? I don't know why I'm like I, this. I have, yeah, I definitely have thoughts on this. Well, this is like, you know, I have ADHD and that's like an ADHD thing. Like for some reason, oh. the final last steps to completing a pro, but I'm talking about like a little project, like an essay yeah. that I have to like turn in for work or a, a joke that just needs like tweaking to get yeah, yeah, yeah. like 
perfect. Um, those are little tasks, but the big, the bigger picture things, um, what I know about myself is, and it sounds like this is actually what's happening to you is, um, I am afraid of success. And the second I get success, I like abandon stuff. Mm. Like, does that make sense? Because a lot of yeah. people are like af afraid of, I feel like for me, if I succeed in something, then it's almost more painful because it's like proves that I was always capable of succeeding and I was beating myself up this entire time. It's almost like if one, if I get it, then I have to admit that I could have always gotten it. And I was like fucking around for all my life. And that's the reason mm. I wasn't getting it or something. Mm. But this like fear of success. Oh, and then also for me, per this is like, sorry if this is like getting away from you, Brian, but like the success thing for me is because like when I, you know, as everyone knows, I've talked about this in the podcast a lot. Like I had a childhood where my mom was very competitive with me right. in this like way that wasn't like maternal. It was almost like a peer. So whenever I did something well, she would punish me. So mm. like as a child, yeah, so I see. That, I don't like know. Yeah, yeah. I'm curious. Like, prior to comedy, you had a rest. You were in the restaurant industry, and obviously, when you started your first restaurant venture, it's exciting. It's new. You're like, holy shit, what are we doing? Like, uh, let's just make something, and who knows? Hopefully, it something comes of it. And then, once you get to a certain level of comfort within that space, like, did you ever get like a wandering eye where you're like, okay, I'm pretty good at this, like? what else could I do or no? Well, the the restaurant thing was very different for me because in that industry, I wasn't doing it. It wasn't my thing. I was supporting my ex-husband. It was his thing. Like he was yeah. the artist and the creative and I was just supporting him and it was like a safe place because like no one ever thought of it as my thing. But mm. like the, the thing, just I think like what I'm hearing from you is it's hard to sit in your own success. Like, you know, and I relate to you, Brian, like if I ever got like a, a big thing in stand up, like the NB NBC thing, like showcase, I'd be like that. I don't know. That would like scare me. And then it would kind of make me stop in a weird way. And I, I don't, I don't fully understand why I do that. So I feel like I can't give you advice, but I, I yeah. all I can say is I know exactly how you feel. That's how I feel. Um, as you know, I've talked about this feeling before on the podcast mm -hmm. and it could just be a temporary thing. It's just something that crossed yeah. my mind and maybe it comes from a place of self-examination or maybe, maybe I do just want to be a doctor. Who knows? So you're worried that the want that you have to want to be a doctor is coming from this like place of like you just trying to get away from doing the podcast or. But that's the thing. I don't, I don't want to stop doing the podcast. I'm just saying right, right. now that we're like have a f operation in place and we know how this ship runs. I have mm -hmm. this extra time to like pick up other skills or right. try a new challenge, you know? And for me, it's like, okay, like my work feels stagnant. So why don't I shake things up? Maybe I should study for the MCAT and take it again. I don't know. You know? <laughs> <laughs> I like pain. I <laughs> Brian's like, I have a little extra time on the weekends. Should I become a doctor? <laughs> like that's like, I'm a, okay, I'm a psycho. <laughs> <laughs> Enough about me. How are you feeling? Young me? <laughs> um, how am I feeling? I'm feeling, I like, started folk who so I started I started doing stand up again and I had like uh -huh. a a good show and now I'm like I'm back 
baby, I'm a comedian. Cause like I was sort of dragging my feet before. Like yeah. I was like really not wanting to do it. I guess it's like similar to you, Brian. It's like now that now that when I get on stage, I don't feel like I suck. Like I suck, but like <laughs> I can see that the standard uh, when of you when you said that, young me, you're like, I think you're afraid of being successful. I'm like, I didn't say that. I suck. <laughs> Just want to go on the record for our listener. I suck. <laughs> no, but no, but really, like you do have like a level of success, Brian. You like what I was like, hearing you say. Go on, go uh, to your pie. So about your stand-up. <laughs> this is making me cringe. <laughs> this is okay, this is how I'm feeling. Like I'm shifting like the the main theme of my jokes from race to being like a single mom. Uh-huh. And so I'm writing a lot of jokes about being a single mom now. Cause like, you know, most, yeah. most of my other jokes are focused on being Korean and like yeah, being yeah. biracial and white people, blah, blah, blah. But now that I'm like spending so much time uh, writing about single, being a single mom, I'm mm. realizing like how happy I am. Wow. And, um, obviously like what I realize as an adult is that happiness isn't like a state. It's like a very fleeting feeling. It's like, you know, sometimes you get like, a little pang of sadness, like throughout the day you wake up and you feel like a million things every day. You know, sometimes right. you're happy, sometimes you're sad. Maybe there's a traumatizing incident. If you went through a breakup or somebody died where you're sad for a few days, but like for the most part, every day is filled with these little ups and downs, you know? But yeah. like when I look at my life and where I am, I am so happy being a single mom. And I have so many thoughts about that because I'm writing so many jokes about it right now. But mm. the main the main thought that I have about it is that I feel sort of like cheated and lied huh. to by society because I feel like since I was a kid, like we're sort of fed this narrative, right? Like you're supposed to be married and have a bunch of kids. And as a mm. woman, that's like where you're going to be happy. And even when I was a little kid, I knew that's not what I wanted. Mm. Um even though I, obviously I have a son and I love him so much. Um, and I feel like this, the life that I'm living now is exactly what I've always wanted, you know, like independence. Oh, that's incredible. Yeah. Having a kid, having an adult co-parent partner that is my friend and a partner, but not a romantic person, my ex-husband and right. raising it like this, this is the life I would have chosen for myself if I knew that this was even an option, but, mm. but I didn't even know this was an option. And, um, so it's sort of like blowing, blowing my mind. Like I thought I was like an open-minded feminist, but in a lot of ways in the back of my head, I thought that, uh, this, this life that I lead right now is like wrong or bad. And, and I'm like just coming around to realizing that it's, it's normal and nobody cares. And it's like, it's making me really happy. So F fuck that's yeah. like, what's on my mind. That's incredible. Fuck yeah. I think it's really Come cool on. that writing jokes and doing the stand-up is helping you crystallize your feelings about it all. Yeah, it's we it's always weird because like I'll sit down and try to write jokes and then I'm like, oh, this is like now I'm thinking about my life, you know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh. I'm I think I'm That's gonna take I'm after you. So when I when I go back into stand-up, I am going to stop writing jokes about being an Asian American man and start writing jokes about what it's like to be successful. And 
I will be happy. <laughs> and society makes me feel like I should be feel bad for being successful. But no, Brian, you're you're. This is what you need to write about. You need to write about being a fucking hot, a hot man. Oh that's yeah, like that's, your, you never talk that is, about that. I have written jokes about it and it, it falls to deafening silence <laughs> because in comedy people are like, fuck you, dude. <laughs> what, no, I don't want to listen to this. So I'm hot. <laughs> oh. That's it. That's the punchline. Oh my God. <laughs> um, Jonathan. Yeah. Thank you for listening to us talk about our feelings. <laughs> mm. How are you feeling, Jonathan? All right. I'm a bit nervous. You know, yesterday... <laughs> I couldn't sleep. <laughs> I, and I think, it's, I think it's because of this. Oh, <laughs> I was having a hard time sleeping. Yeah, no. I kept waking up and then sleeping again, waking. So the quality of sleep was just not there. And, and like, yeah, I don't know. I don't know why I'm nervous, though. But um, mm. but it, it is fascinating to hear your stories because, um, you know, to be honest, my friends or at least like the people around me in tech are so homogenous that like it's quite refreshing to hear mm. other people's stories and and I didn't realize mm. how homogenous <laughs> my friend groups were until like I listened to you guys and yeah it's fascinating it's so interesting like the the different paths that you guys took and um yeah so that that's pretty much what I'm thinking about right now and I guess I'm nervous that I'm like oh well I have nothing to add you know it's just my life has just been kind of like carved for me especially in the beginning you know just carved for me being a very normal Asian dude you know like model minority no. kind of thing right absolutely not i think you're totally underselling yourself and first and foremost you just you joining us on this podcast and just being yourself is all that you need like there is no script mm -hmm. for like what you need to say right, and right. i also want to <laughs> add that it's all relative honestly because the whole life of a comedian or like a creative that's super fucking homogenous too. Uh, like after being around total like creative types, now whenever I meet someone who comes from a tech background like yourself, that's so refreshing to me. <laughs> or I'm like, oh my God, so your junior year, you did a software engineering internship yeah, at yeah. LinkedIn? <laughs> oh, wow. And then you got an offer after that? After you graduated? Tell me more. Like, please give me mm -hmm. that stability that I so badly need in my <laughs> life. <laughs> you don't have a cocaine problem? What? <laughs> um, wait, what What do you mean by your life was carved out for you? What, what, what do you mean by that? Yeah, um, well, well, I mean, most of the time, especially in software engineering it's it's the path is very linear and and um determined right it's like mm. you go to school you know you go to school you do a few internships and everyone's goal in the beginning is to get into like a fang company a fang meaning like facebook amazon netflix google or one of these big companies right and Wait, that's kind of that like fang fang yeah yeah, yeah. so yeah i'm surprised that you guys don't know the word because like if if i say <laughs> it like you know at google campus yeah they would immediately you know what I'm talking about. Facebook, so, Amazon, uh -huh. Netflix, 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 Google. and Google. Google. Fang. And then it spells oh. Fang. Oh. Wow. All right. yeah, there, I've like, never heard that. Th there were never. multiple iterations <laughs> of, of, of that um, acronym and, and some mm -hmm. that were worse than others. I, I won't say in the podcast, but you can kind of guess what it is. Like, right. yeah, anyways, <laughs> but uh, like Oops. we found Netflix, Sorry. but anyways, um, and then, and then, uh, yeah, so, so that's the thing. So everyone just wants to get, 
into one of those companies, right? Mm-hmm. So then they just work really, it's, it's kind of similar to med school, right? It's, it's slightly competitive. And then everyone just um, l- like learns the same thing, computer science or software engineering. And then they do one or two internships and each internship, they try to step up in terms of prestige, like mm-hmm. in, in the job force. And then once they get into Fang, after yeah. a couple of years, they get like a slight existential crisis saying, oh, wait, I actually don't want to do this. <laughs> and oh, then they wow. either quit and try to do a startup to kind of fill the void inside of them or wow. they do something very creative for like a few months and then go back to just working because it just makes way more money. And, wow. and yeah, it's sad. Like it, it's it's um, it's it's hard to to watch sometimes. It's hard to to watch, and and I'm fortunate enough that the creative side does like is a potential career as well, right? So so I'm super fortunate there. But I but it also meant that I kind of sacrificed my um, progress in in my actual career. Like I mean, not my actual mm. career, but like my engineering Your career, right? Because Jonathan, that's that is exactly what I wanted to ask you about and you just touched on it right now mm-hmm. I think a classic career dilemma for so many people is you know deciding between do I take a stable well-paying job or do I do something more creative that kind of fulfills me spiritually and it's mm-hmm. far more risky it's this balance between stability and creativity mm-hmm. and I feel like in your case like you are you're doing both things yeah. at the same time. Mm-hmm. Like you're a software engineer at Google, but then you also are a YouTuber with over like 1 million subscribers. That's yeah. so fucking many people. Yeah. <laughs> and I just want to say like, what? that's that's basically three full-time jobs. Like working in tech, you're a YouTuber, but then you also, with YouTube, it comes like tons of self-promotion and marketing. And mm-hmm. I, I, what, like how? Why? <laughs> like, I don't even know where to begin. Uh, well, I mean, most of the time I answer that question with like, well, I can't just half-ass both <laughs> so, so that you can like do both at the same time. Um, but honestly, I think I just got like really lucky in terms of uh, I, I found a team that was um, like pretty chill. Like it's not too many meetings. And also the fact that they kind of complement each other, right? The whole reason why my Joma tech channel succeeded was because I worked at these like prestigious mm-hmm. um, uh, big tech companies, right? So they kind of complement each other. And the fact that I worked on YouTube, when, for example, where I was working at Facebook and stuff like that, I always worked at their video platform, right? Mm-hmm. So I had a lot more empathy towards like creators and I brought that empathy into work for, you know, for like an analysis, because I was like a data scientist, so you do a lot of analysis. Mm-hmm. So it was a lot easier for me to do analysis if I know what I'm looking for, if I understand right. the users and stuff. So I would say they kind of complement each other. And then, yeah, I don't know, man. I, I guess like it, like now that I think about it, I don't hang out a lot of people. <laughs> like I'm 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 like alone a lot, like at, like at home. So 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 maybe that's why I have extra time. Like I have more time mm. than other people to work on these things. And I've been doing that for so long that it's kind of like the norm for me to balance two things at the same time. But oh. yeah, but but I think it's it wasn't easy getting here because when I was working at Facebook, I did burn out from mm. doing YouTube and uh, doing um, my full-time job. And I was a way smaller YouTuber back then. I, I wasn't even at 100,000 subscribers, right? Mm. So the size actually helps. Like once you're big, you know that your audience won't leave as quickly, you know? Mm. Mm-hmm. But it, it's it's all in your head though. You always think like, oh, I need to post once a week. But that 
that's kind of a myth in my opinion, which is how I kind of like designed my life or like I kind of crafted this life for myself where I can chill, you know? And mm. I think that's way impor more important long-term. Like, yeah, maybe in the short term you could, I don't know, make more money, get more views, get more whatever if you work a lot harder. But if that's not sustainable right. in the long-term, it's, it's, it's not worth it. So after like, that, mm -hmm. it, It's very evident that you're very driven, you're very ambitious and, like when you were studying and you were studying computer science or like some software engineering related thing, uh, and you know, you had your eyes set on getting your foot in the door at these fang companies. Mm -hmm. Did you still want to do something creative? Like, was that still in you or was mm -hmm. that something you sort of just stumbled upon yeah. later on after being burned out at Facebook? Yeah. So I, I actually always wanted to be a YouTuber, <laughs> like mm. even when I was a kid, like middle school, but I just always kept it in the back because I'm like, okay, what's more important is to get a stable job. Right. Yeah. Um, and mm -hmm. people say like, oh yeah, Asian parents, they tell you that blah, 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 or they force you to do that. But to be honest, I think it's, it's the right thing. They're, mm. they're just trying to like, my parents were just trying, they're really good parents. They're just trying to make me have a good stable life because that's pretty important. Right. Mm. And, and that's the only way they know how to help. Honestly, like they know that they don't have the expertise to help you on, let's say your software engineering work, or like they don't know what mm -hmm. advice to give you about YouTube, but they know that the only thing they can do is to help out any way they can. And the way that they yeah. can is to kind of tell you, Hey, maybe getting a stable job is good because from my experience, right. not having a stable job is fucking hard. And, and yeah. they're right, right? That's what I was going to ask because, you know, in the beginning when I asked the thing about that, your life was carved out for you. Right, right. Um, because when you said that, I assumed that what you meant by that was that, like, it was starting from, like, birth. Like, your parents were like, you have to go to good schools, and then you oh, oh, get, oh. like, but I, but then your answer was, like, more about the tech world, which makes a lot of sense, and it's so interesting to me, because I've heard that, like, I've heard that from a lot of, I don't know that many tech people, but I feel like the people that I do know in tech, they they do the exact same thing that you just said. Like yeah. they just like have their <laughs> eyes on the prize. Like, Oh, we're going to go to Google, um, Fang. Right. And which kind of, to me reminds me a lot of like Asian kids when they grow up. Cause like all, all throughout your, not to stereotype, but like most Asian kids, like all throughout your life, you're like, we're just, we're just doing this. So we get to Harvard, right? Mm -hmm. Like exactly. we're going to get to Harvard. Exactly. We're going to get to Stanford. We're going to get to Yale. And then all of the, and then, and then I know so many Asian people that do get there to the Ivy leagues. And then they're like, okay, now what? Like that was it. And then there is no, and then their parents are like, well, now you can do whatever you want. But then I feel like a lot of those people, they're like, I don't know what I want. Cause like my entire life, my, you know, you were just forcing me to do this thing and now I've done it. And that yeah. reminds me a lot of that. Yeah. Like once you get into fan, now you're saying, you know, so many people that mm -hmm. are in these like companies like Facebook, Amazon, Netflix, Google. And then they're like, well, I'm not happy. Mm -hmm. Right. So yeah. did, did did like the earlier part of your life, did it resemble that at all or is, or is um, that just like... Not as much because my parents weren't really like tiger mom, tiger parents or whatever. Right. Like mm -hmm. um, they were just happy that, you know, we got into university. Like me and my brother, I think we were the first ones to get into university uh, or mm -hmm. college as the Americans say it. <laughs> but um, yeah, we went to university and they were just pretty stoked about that, you know, like they didn't mm -hmm. expect that we were going to go to tech. Like they didn't even know what tech was and stuff like that. Right. They didn't right. force us to be doctors and stuff like that. So, mm -hmm. and I wasn't like a really good student in elementary school, mm -hmm. you know, but slowly but surely I became a better student once, once it was more like math and less history and stuff like mm -hmm. that and less languages. 
Mm-hmm. But um, but yeah. So no, I wasn't like really determined to go to Harvard and stuff like that. We we just want to get into university. But once we I got into university, I learned about this competitive tech world, right? Which is very mm-hmm. similar. Like everyone is studying instead of for mm-hmm. the SATs, they're studying for Google interviews because it's right. trackable, right? It's not like you right. need to be a, a, a interesting guy, well rounded or anything. They don't care about that. It's as long as you can pass these logical tests. Like they're mm-hmm. like I don't even know why they test them, but like it's. Basically very like uh, brain it's like brain teasers and then if you yeah. pass these brain teasers you get the job right so everyone's just competing for that right wow. interesting and, you know I'm, I'm like excited right now because i feel <laughs> like i could learn a lot from you and that is as you mentioned uh, a lot of because i have friends who work in tech a lot of my high school peers work in tech and a burnout seems like a it happens. It's I, it, I, you can. There's archetypes of it now where it's like your quintessential tech guy who burns out and then just becomes like a Burning Man person, <laughs> yeah. and then like adopts a new personality and is like, yeah, I'm chill Zen yoga guy now. I'm <laughs> fuck that. And you know, maybe that's the term burnout. Maybe that's like a some that describes some of the feelings that I've felt, where I was like burned out by the pre med track, and then now I'm like. Mm creatively burned out by the rat race of doing like pursuing this creative thing and you know what has helped you to prevent burnout have you experienced burnout because i feel like youtube and tech those are both spheres that people get fucking burnt out from independently yeah Yeah, i i think the number one thing that i did that helped me was to kind of detach myself from outcomes right Mm. because like if you detach yourself from outcomes, then you won't get I don't know, disappointed from outcomes, right? Mm. And um, and I think it's like when you mix the highs and the lows too closely together, that's when burnout mm. happens. Because usually mm. how it works is like, you know, you work really hard because things are going great, you know? So you work yeah. hard as hell, right? And, and then after, after you finish this sprint, you might not get the outcome that you wanted and then that might be disappointing or like it's or you just don't have any ideas anymore and it's just Mm -hmm. kind of you're just kind of floating and then because you're floating you're like oh wait i I don't have that you know that serotonin hit i I don't have that anymore so now you're kind of like a withdrawal so so i think by detaching from the outcome which is really hard i i'm I'm still working on it It's, it's really really difficult to detach yourself from outcome but back then i used to look at like for YouTube, like views, you know, subscriber growth, everything. And, and, and that's, and that's hard, right? Because you care about so many of these metrics, it will mm-hmm. hurt you if you don't get the same metrics that you got before. So now yeah. I try to just say, all right, just try to make something that you're proud of inherently that you're proud of and then post mm-hmm. it. And then, and then that's it. You know, if you're proud of it, at least you're proud of it. Don't think about the other stuff. The other stuff is only a bonus, Right. And then I think that's what has helped me, but we'll see. We'll see if it lasts. That's such a good point. Yeah. Well, this is such a good point, I feel like. And I just want to stress it because you're a YouTuber. You, you know, that's like your career. And that's like the internet is like your thing. Mm. But I think that's a really important point for anyone that uses social media because they know, even though, no matter who you are, if you're just, you have, 200 followers and you're posting pictures of your cats. I think they know what you're talking about. Like, mm-hmm. oh, I posted this picture of my cat and 60 people liked it. And this week, 20 people like it. And like that sort of like, it's like this rearrangement of like, I think those emotions that we used to have living in like a real society where like people like me, people don't. And it's like now put on this like digital interface where that's like giving you like serotonin and like 
little hits. And I feel like that's like important. I think that's an important thing that you just said for anyone. Like, even if you're not like a YouTuber with millions of subscribers, like you have to like realize that when you're putting stuff in front of people, you have to just do it for yourself. Not, not for that, the numbers. Cause that's when it starts to really fuck with you, you know? Sanzo, that's S-A-N-Z-O, is the first Asian-inspired sparkling water. Their drinks use real fruit, no added sugars, artificial or quote-unquote natural flavors. Sanzo's mission is to bridge cultures by connecting people with these authentic flavors. Oh yeah, authentic flavors like lychee, mango, calamansi, and my personal favorite is calamansi because for sparkling water, it's so refreshing and it's like lime, but it has a unique twist to it. It's so good. It's all I drink in my house. <sighs> my favorite's lychee because... um. I think I love the flavor of lychee. I think it's very, uh, very floral. But when I get it in other things, it tends to be syrupy and sort of sweet. But in Sanzo, it's perfect. So listeners, for 10% off your order of Sanzo sparkling water, visit drinksanzo.com and enter code feelingasian at checkout. That's drink, S-A-N-Z-O.com and enter code feelingasian. Woo! A lot of our listeners are Asian American. And so we have listeners who are also in the tech industry. And, you know, they say they enjoy our podcast because it provides like a creative outlet for them or they'll express their frustrations with working in tech and how like meaningless it all feels. And, uh, and or, or they, they ask us about how we got into stand up because they have these aspirations of doing something more creative because they do feel burnt out, like working mm -hmm. in tech or unfulfilled. And, for in your case, like you've, you've done it, you've done that leap, you're doing both successfully. Like, do you have yeah. any advice or mm -hmm. for people who might be feeling this way, where if you are at a yeah. thing, like at a job, it doesn't have to be in tech, but maybe you're like in ad sales or something. And you're kind of like, fuck, I feel unfulfilled by this, but I want to yeah. do something more creative. Like, I don't even know where to begin. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, the easiest way to do it is to do it alongside your work. But mm. the problem is usually after after you're done work, you're tired of shit. You don't want to do anything. You're just at yeah. home, right? And, um, and, and this is where it gets hard because for me, I'm lucky I'm in tech where um, you could just like, like ease up on the work, right? Because I, I would say you only have a limited amount of like willpower energy or like uh, creative energy in a day. So if work sucks it out, all like sucks it out from you, then mm -hmm. th there's really nothing you can do. So one thing I try to like reframe my mind around is like, try to remember that don't, don't let like the company own you. <laughs> right. Mm. Cause a lot of people work as if like, Oh yeah, I work for this company. So I have to do this for the company, but rather try to frame it in, in terms of like, Oh, this company is my stepping stone to something else. I'm using this company, right? That's kind of mm. how I thought about it in the beginning where I'm like, oh yeah, I'm just using Facebook so that I could fund my YouTube stuff or that I could do my other stuff without fear of, um, of, of getting like going bankrupt or without fear of going broke, right? Because I have another oh. job, right? So the way that I thought about it is like, oh, I'm using my company, you know, <laughs> rather than you thinking about, oh yeah, the company's hiring you, so you must do X, Y, Z, right? Mm -hmm. There is a risk to that because, you know, of course, if you don't perform well, you might lose your job, et cetera, et cetera. So it's always a balance and it really depends on, um, on your specific case, but right. you'd be surprised how much you can step back 
and still have your job. You know, yes, mm. you won't be making some sacrifices. Maybe you won't. <laughs> <Yeah>. Maybe <laughs> maybe you won't get promoted as fast as your friends and stuff like that. And it does hurt because yeah. in the beginning, when I used to do YouTube, I was like, dude, why the why the hell am I spending so much time on YouTube? Mm. And I could have used that time for my own work, and I could have gotten promoted as fast as my friends and make way more money, et cetera, et cetera. Right. So mm. there is some sort of yeah. sacrifice there, but for me at least. Um, I just couldn't help myself but make videos because whenever I watch TV, I'm just like, oh, God damn, I wish I could make that. I'm yeah. not going to make that. I'm going to make something really shitty, you know, on YouTube. But it, it's it's still closer to, to what I want to do. So I just couldn't help myself. Like, honestly, yeah. financially, it did not make sense for me to do YouTube, especially in the beginning. I didn't even know yeah. there was a space for a tech YouTuber, right? Mm. But I just did it mm. because I, I, I loved making it. So it was easier for me to make that decision. But for someone who, yeah. who's like, um, well, I had a lot of friends who wanted to do YouTube, same thing as me. He's like, oh, I'm a product manager. Let me talk about product management um, on YouTube, right? Yeah. But, and then, he, and then they do like, what, like four videos max? And then they're like, oh, it's mm. like, fuck that. I'm, I'm not doing that. Yeah, of course not. Because you're expecting, like product you expect management. that you're going to- Yeah, product management. It's basically another job. It's like software engineering, uh, they're gonna make scientists. a YouTube channel about product management. Yeah, it, it sounds boring. See, right? <laughs> young me, young me, you're hating, but they <laughs> but, have way more subscribers than any comedians that we know. <laughs> I'm sure. But, but 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 that's the thing. Like, can you imagine a software engineering making a like who would watch yeah. software engineering videos, right? So what? But, what would? So yeah. I'm sorry. Fin to finish your point, like your product manager friends, they make four videos and then they're like, "Fuck that! This isn't for yep. me." Like, what should they have done then? Oh, yeah. So, so that's the thing. Um, I think they tried to get on YouTube, like, for the wrong reason. That's why. Because right. they, they don't even love it. They don't even love making videos. Mm. So if you don't love it, there's there's no way you can balance your work mm -hmm. and that. Because it's supposed right. to give you more energy. Right? You're supposed to be, like, right, right, right. driven to drive to you to do Exactly. Yeah, yeah. You know? right, so, right. But that's very YouTube-specific. It's supposed specific. to be fun. Exactly. Yeah. I don't, I don't see other people, like... <laughs> doing let, let's say like doing stand-up and then burning up on stand-up because like usually when you choose stand-up you know it's because they actually love stand-up youtube has a different connotation because they think youtube yeah. will make them a lot of money like a side hustle mm, i see you yeah, know yeah. it's part of these so like drop doing it for the wrong reasons. exactly like naturally you should be driven yeah. to it driven and you, by it. Mm -hmm. and you should be able to just it shouldn't, you shouldn't feel like you're dreading it. Like exactly. making a, it should be like the thing that you're looking forward to after mm -hmm. work. Yeah. I just want to point out that you're like, like, the advice was like, there, you're like, you know, you can just do a lot less work at work and no one will notice. That was like, <laughs> <laughs> did you know you could just try yeah, it's true though. <laughs> less? No, I mean, <laughs> no one honestly, will notice. <laughs> It's so, but all of this advice is so helpful. And a lot of it is stuff that I, I'm hearing it at the right time too, because even with this podcast, if I'm being completely honest, there are new variables that are introduced to it that are, have been impacting my like enjoyment of it. And that is, you know, no one told us to do it. We were just driven by it. We love making this podcast, but now I feel like I chose this creative thing, but at times I feel like I'm just another cog in the corporate machine because I'm thinking mm. about like ad sales. What are the impressions? Like how many downloads am I getting? And that's the type of stuff when I start thinking about, I'm like, mm -hmm. okay, this is draining me. And because it's like not meeting certain expectations or now that there's money mm -hmm. involved and there's like numbers and quantitative metrics tied to it, that's <sighs> like stressing me out, you know? Can I and just, you yeah. just, can I, sorry yeah. to interrupt, but can I just say, I know this is, you know, we're interviewing Jonathan and I want to get back to it, but 
<laughs> I've noticed that with you, Brian. And I, I wanted to say, I'm, you know, cause I feel like Brian has a tendency to take on the businessy stuff in our relationship. Um, and he takes on a lot more than I do. And I was sensing a little bit like Brian was getting like overwhelmed. And, and I was like worried that, you know, this is going to start being this mu- very not fun thing for Brian where I'm just like, I, I, I show started up wearing like, suits. Guys. <laughs> 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 I just show up and like, I'm going to talk about my date last week where I farted or I don't, you know, and then like Brian's like, we have to sell at, you know, and I was like, I was a little concerned about that, Brian. I have to say, is that what's really stressing you out about the, are we getting to the truth now? Young me, uh, the next time we have a meeting and you want to put in a PowerPoint, send me your deck. Okay. We can discuss it over a zoom call. Okay. You're like, um, we can't discuss this now. We will make an, we'll make a meeting Tuesday. No, but it is, it is, it is. Yeah, uh, it, it is like assuring to hear from you, Jonathan, like, because I think you have a good head on your shoulders and have mm-hmm. a way to, and I, and I don't know if you would have come to these conclusions on how to like balance yourself from this burnout if you didn't have these experiences in both tech and doing like the rat race of being like a, like a creative doing YouTube. And, you know, I've found myself, I wish I had met you in my young twenties when I was working my like corporate job. And I was, I, I stressed so much, like, because I experienced so much anguish because of my manager. And I, I wish I had that reminder of being like, I don't, this is a stepping stone. It's I don't, yeah. they don't own, this isn't my life. Like, you know? Yeah. yeah. And, um, but, mm-hmm. but, yeah. But so everything sorry. I say is, is very theoretical though. That that's mm-hmm. the problem. Like it's a lot harder in practice. And also I'm, I'm not, I didn't even mention like the elephant in the room, which is like money and like financial security. Yes. Right. I mean, yes. I could say, so like, honestly, I'm a hypocrite because like, I could say that because like I'm financially secure now, like mm-hmm. with like my job or whatever on YouTube. That's why it's way easier for me to say no to things. Right. Because yeah. that was the other point, too. It's like, how, how do you, you know, how do you prevent burnout? It's OK. Well, whenever there's a project that's giving you stress, fuck it. Just drop it. You know, yeah. like even if you worked a lot on it, fuck it, just drop it. But like, mm-hmm. you can't really do that if, for example, you know, the work is paying you like a salary and you need that salary to like pay rent and stuff. Exactly. That's not going to work. Yep. Yep. You know what I mean? You, you can't risk yeah. losing your job, right? Because a lot of people, you know, um, for you, you were like bound by your uh, career. Like, oh, I want to like reach these like stepping stones in my career. But for a lot of people that have similar issues, like having to follow the rat race or having their life carved out for them is that their financial support are their parents. And so it's like, yeah, maybe I don't yeah. want to work at Google or whatever, but this is what my parents want me to do and I need their money. And it's very hard to, if you don't have the financial option to not do that, you just can't do it, you know? Like, and like no one, very rarely are, is someone going to be like, I have a secure pathway to a career mm-hmm. in school and I'm going to say no to that. Do you know what I yeah. mean? Like if you don't mm-hmm. have the money. Like my brother, he, he's, um, I don't know, like a, like a wealthy man or whatever, but he would always tell he's me, a wealthy you know, man. he's a wealthy man. <laughs> yeah. He would give me this advice to me. He's like, Hey man, just get rich quick. <laughs> that, that was the <laughs> advice I would give you. I'm like, okay, what the fuck am I supposed to do with that? Like, of course. Like, yeah. You know, but, but like, I mean, I guess if I, you know, decipher it for him, <laughs> I'm sure that's mm-hmm. not what he meant, but if I decipher it, 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 I think what he meant was like, um, I guess when you're young and you do have energy and you could get like a soulless high paying job, 
maybe it's the right thing to do if you can like just spend a few years doing it and then you'll feel financial secure financial security mm-hmm. because once you feel that financial security you won't ever make decisions based on like uh, money for example and because right. you don't make decisions yeah. based on money you probably are going to choose something you actually enjoy doing and if you choose yeah. something that you actually enjoy doing you're, you're probably going to be really good at it and then if you're really good at it you will be rewarded by it anyways you know mm. you know yeah. i mean yeah like I, that- yeah Damn, I, Jonathan with the cold hard <laughs> facts that my parents no, that, would love to sponsor. <laughs> Honestly, I, I don't know. I feel like I'll, I'm like unsure about that because I feel like that's a very popular sentiment from like Asian mm-hmm. parents. Right, like, right, right. Mm. no, what we're trying to do right. is make sure you have a lot of money and then, then you can do what you want. But what I find is like if you fall into this line of like the carved out life, like whether it's school or going into tech or whatever, what ends up happening is you just fall into the status quo and you keep falling in harder and harder and harder and harder. And like, by the time you're like 40 and you're wealthy to like me looking at somebody that's like 40 and like in tech and wealthy, I'm like, wow, you're so wealthy and set up. But the, but it's like, you almost get entangled more in this life of like following the the path. And then at that point, when you're like, you're a millionaire and you're 40, you're not going to break away and be like, I'm going to do stand up. Like it it Mm -hmm. becomes almost harder. Cause I feel like for me, like I I'm very aware of the social pressure of not fitting in and stuff like that. But for me, I think what helped me was that I was at such a rock bottom. Like I was like, so not what an Asian parent would want. (laughs) I was like, can't fuck up any more than this. (laughs) You know what I mean? So I was like, like that. Yeah. which helped me. Um, anyway, we're, we're running out of time. So I wanted to ask you like the last question, um, that I had, because I, I'm really fascinated by YouTube and content creators. And what I noticed, um, and I think you might know more about this than me, but like, just like as an outsider that does not know much about it, what I've noticed is that there's so many Asian YouTubers and content creators that are very, very popular and have huge followings. And like, my assumption is like, they are like entertainers for the more, most part. And my assumption was always that like the traditional pathway to becoming an entertainer in America is like very like, it's an industry that's like controlled by, you know, like everything in America, like, uh, like racism. It's always like white people. Like all the actors are white. We all, all know this, like Hollywood is just white actors and the producers are white and the people in power are white. And, um, they have to look a certain way. They have to be very like skinny or look, you know, like not gay or not marginalized at all. Um, and so my assumption was always that like Asian, like young people or anybody, if if they're setting out to become an entertainer, they would just like sort of go the YouTube route because it's very independent and they can just create whatever they want and like gain their own following. Mm. Um, and I think, I think that the internet has changed the, the industry so much that now there's so much of a following and viewership, like for people like you and other Asian content creators that it's shaped the industry itself. And Hollywood has had to like make room for marginalized communities. Um, but what, what I, I find really problematic is that you hear like, there's still so much respect for entertainers that go that like, uh, set set route of like becoming an actor and like making it in Hollywood and then winning a, a Oscar like that is the like still like creme de la creme and if if they talk about like a content creator or YouTube YouTuber it's very like condescending and they're almost like well it's not like a legitimate 
uh, artist or a legitimate actor. And I feel like that is inherently like super racist and classist because it's like, okay, here's a bunch of us that were like, we're too poor or we're too Asian or we're too black or we're too gay to get into Hollywood. So we're going to do it on our own. And then like Hollywood, it kind of like poo poos on it. Like what, that's like my theory about you, YouTube. Like, do you have any thoughts on yeah. that? Do you, do you think that's a, mm-hmm. like a valid thought right. or what, what do you think about mm-hmm. that? I do think that it seems like there are more Asians on YouTube than traditional media. And I think that is true, but I, I think that's a good thing because YouTube is like, um, it's a meritocracy, right? Mm-hmm. There's, there's no, there's no gatekeeping for YouTube. Yeah. Anyone can post videos, right? It really doesn't mm-hmm. matter. The only person who's, who's, who's gatekeeping or like who's judging you if you're worthy of being on YouTube is is the viewers, right? right. So because mm-hmm. of that, there, there's literally no one like blocking you from doing it, which is why mm-hmm. I think in the beginning, at least in the past, we see a lot of Asian Americans. It's because that's the only platform where they can have their voice heard, right? right. Because, you know, if you yeah. can't get an acting job and stuff like that, fuck it, you know, I'm just going to do it myself, put it on YouTube, right? And, and now, and with technology, it, it became a lot easier to make videos now, which, which is great. And mm-hmm. the other thing, aside from being a meritocracy, is also a discovery platform. It's being able to connect niches, right? Mm-hmm. Like, for example, mm-hmm. making <laughs> videos about, uh, Pro, what is it product management like yeah. how are you supposed to like they're not gonna make a movie about that right they're, they're not gonna make a tv show on hbo or, or maybe netflix on that right? 19 million views <laughs> coming to theaters it. soon just yeah. following up on this <laughs> exactly just following up. as per my last email <laughs> As per my last email. So there's no mainstream audience for that, but there is a niche. And the great thing about YouTube is they can connect niche. And I guess back Mm. then, being Asian is kind of a niche, right? Because, Mm. you know, you don't see Asian popular media because they don't think it sells, right? And and the thing about production companies are like, traditional media i'm not sure but people just hire people who are like them even if they didn't mean it right yeah yeah. like from my experience if you hire a production company or cinematographer or whatever and you do well with them then you're gonna hire them again just because you know you don't want to hire another person just in case and then because of that it slowly becomes like homogenous and everyone's white Mm -hmm. and everyone's male and stuff like Mm -hmm. that right but I, i believe it's slowly changing hopefully but Mm. But yeah, but the YouTube thing is the great thing is that it's able to connect viewers to niches. And because of that, they can actually garner a large audience, quote unquote, because Mm. compared to TV, I guess it's still not super mainstream. Right. Right. The different. Yeah. So. So I think that's why we see a lot of Asians in, um, in, in YouTube, which is great because YouTube is slowly becoming. I wouldn't say respected, but at least like well-known, like, like for example, YouTubers, I mean, kids want to be YouTubers. They don't want to be actors anymore. Right. According yeah. to some statistic. Well, right? like my seven year old son right now is what, do you hear him watching YouTube? He watches like streamers <laughs> on YouTube all yeah. day. Yeah, exactly. And he, and he, oh my God, he started doing this thing where, um, he asked to start a YouTube channel <laughs> and then I was like, okay. So I like, I would just like turn the phone on and he'd be like, Hey gamers. <laughs> <laughs> Like he's talking to an audience. He's like, "Hey, gamers!" And I'm like, that is amazing. <laughs> oh my god! So, oh, and then, oh, did I tell you, Brian? Did I tell you I was at the playground and I saw like a like it was my seven year old and um there was like a bunch of ten year old boys and they uh-huh. were playing this game called Logan Paul finds the dead body and somebody oh, had to that? pretend to be the dead body. Oh my! Oh my god! <laughs> oh my god! It's terrible. <laughs> So that's what Jeez. kids are doing now. Just, just to oh, let you know. Wow. 
I'm, Jonathan, is YouTube, do you also see YouTube as a stepping stone for something bigger for you? Um, yeah, so, I mean, I want to be a film director eventually. It's, mm. I think that's what I want to do. I mean, it's very possible that once I do it, I'm like, you know, it's not for me. Let's go back to product management. That's like Brian. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> You're going to be like, I want to be a doctor. Yeah. But, um, but yeah, so for me, YouTube is a stepping stone because I do think like, Imagine if you want to make a Netflix show. I do think that if you have a YouTube channel, you can say like, oh, well, I can guarantee that there's some audience or like that right. there's someone that wants to watch it, like my short totally. film or something like that. So I think it is a stepping stone, but it's also mm. possible that I'll never go to the traditional route because mm. it's, um, I just don't have traditional background and maybe I just don't have the skills, but it does, but like there are ways to make it work like YouTube you can monetize on YouTube enough such that the cost of making your short film you can recoup it from YouTube merch blah blah, mm. blah and stuff mm. like that so so it's also like a business savviness thing right you could turn YouTube into something that's uh, profitable just like right. how TV was back then right like I guess my, my guess is TV back then wasn't as respected as films and th that's the same thing now it's like in traditional media they don't really respect YouTubers but if you know, in the end, you start to make really good content, you put on YouTube for free, but you monetize well and you're sustainable, then advertisers will start coming and say like, wait a minute, why don't, like this guy's getting 10 million views and and <laughs> an ad rate, like the ad rate is, is so and no low. no one like, is watching our show Virgin River on NBC. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. So, so I think sooner or later, YouTube so might funny. be, a platform to watch free content, but it's still yeah. Tough. River. yeah. There, there is a fear though in, in my mind that <laughs> maybe one day the people from Virgin River will bring their talent and their writing skills to YouTube, which might push away uh, a lot of us. And the only way for us to survive is to uh, keep keep on being in the niches that don't make that much money, right? Mm. Yeah, that's kind like of like example, us doing you know, me, where yeah. Barack Obama made a podcast, and he was like, "Well, good thing Barack Obama is an Asian." Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so that's the thank niche. God. But uh, well, who's that? Harry and uh, Meghan Markle are doing a podcast. Yeah, they're they're not going to steal any listeners from us. <laughs> not Asian. Oh man. <laughs> well. Jonathan, thanks so much for joining us on the podcast. That was like so insightful. And thanks for having I, me. I personally learned a lot. Um, but before you go, we want to ask you a question that we ask all of our guests. And that is, what is something that you're proud of? I'm proud of many things. <laughs> I'm, I'm a narcissist. You know how like I get nervous <laughs> a little bit? There's a part of me that's like, dude, man, I'm looking really good. Like, I don't know, I'm looking at my own feed right now. I'm like... My hair wow. is kind of on point. Truly, and stuff. the most. We're gonna call. We're gonna. We're proud of you for being the most honest <laughs> in answering yeah, this I mean, question. I'm a YouTuber. What do you expect, man? Of course, I'm a narcissist. I put my videos online for millions of people to watch. <laughs> but um, I mean, I, I guess like what I'm proud of. Um, I am proud of like this space that I created for myself. And kind of like this, this own job or like this own balance of jobs that I made for myself, mm. right? Mm. Because um, a lot of people think I'm super, super busy and like, oh my God, you know, you must be so stressed and stuff. But like, no, I'm not. And I think that's the most, that, that's the thing I'm most proud of is being able to create the mental space where I mm -hmm. can do this sustainably and happily. Mm. Yeah. I think that's, that's, I'm pretty proud of that. Yeah. So you're proud of like the fact that you're doing so much, you are um, doing, you know, your day job and like your creative job, but you also are doing it at a pace that's like comfortable for you. Exactly. Is that, yeah. Like uh, I don't like feel stressed good, that much. Mm -hmm. That is yeah. such a good point. Cause I feel like, um, that's really important. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah. Cause there, there are a lot of YouTubers that are growing way faster than me, you know, and stuff like that. But being okay with that, I think that's the thing I'm proud of the most, you know, being okay with yourself, being okay yeah. with whatever outcome that's going to happen. Just remembering that, um, it's lame, but it's the journey that's, that's worth it. Or like, what's that quote? It's the journey that matters, not the destination. Yeah. yeah. That's so, so great. Fa- so fascinating. It's oh, such a like <laughs> window into like a world. Like, I just feel like everyone at this point in 2021 has a taste of it, you know, like, cause we're all extremely online, but like for it to be like your livelihood, I think that's like such a interesting like perspective. Yeah. Well, thank you for joining us. That was such yes. an interesting conversation. Mm-hmm. Where can yeah. our listeners find you online? Yeah. So, I mean, they could just type Joma, J-O-M-A on YouTube and, and they'll mm-hmm. find both my channels. Uh, the tech channel is, is very heavily geared towards techies, like uh, programmers. But uh, Joma in NYC, uh, it's more geared towards like anyone. So it's it's lifestyle stuff. So, mm-hmm. Awesome. And are you on Instagram? Or oh, yeah. Active on Instagram. Instagram at all? So it's Joma Opa, J-O-M-A-O-P-P-A. And uh, what about you, Youngmi? Uh, Instagram and Twitter at YMMayor. And then my TikTok is Mayor. How about you, Brian? You guys can find me on socials at It's Brian Park. And follow our Feeling Asian podcast on Instagram at Feeling Asian Podcast. And we have a YouTube channel now. YouTube.com slash Watch Feeling out, Asian. I know. I've actually, I've actually subscribed to it. <gasps> wow. Really? Yeah, because I'm more of a visual person. I like to yeah. watch podcasts, so I'm really glad you guys are doing it. <laughs> wow. Well, Great. you better watch out. We have uh, one of our videos has 396 views. <laughs> Damn. Watch out. Damn. I know. We just we just unlocked the ability to do a custom URL, so <laughs> we we got over 100 subscribers. So YouTube, watch out for us. Hell yeah. (laughs) One last shout out to our audio engineer for this podcast, Sarah Pack. Uh, If you are in need of an incredible audio engineer for your projects, please hit her up on Instagram at I am underscore P-A-K-T. That's at impact. And once again, Jonathan, thanks for doing the podcast. And listeners, thank you again. And that's it. Bye. Bye. Bye.